The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. You know, when you're committed to your team and you're placing their needs ahead of your own, and that's a game changer, the listening is not just being quiet. It's getting to know people on a personal, more deep relationship. His is a bottom-up leadership style. You'll meet the former president and CEO of Waste Management in a moment here on First Person. Larry O'Donnell had his life changed during his business career, and you'll hear how as you stay tuned. Welcome to First Person. I'm Wayne Shepard. Before we meet our guest, I hope you'll take note of the many interviews available on our website, stories of people who have given their lives to Jesus Christ in service to Him in a variety of ways. With a smartphone or tablet, you can download our free first-person interview app and in turn, download any past interview and listen at your convenience. Just search for first-person interview in the Apple or Google Play Store. There's no charge to use the app. Larry O'Donnell is a graduate of Dallas Seminary, but once held several key business positions. He's also an author and business leader, but when he was the CEO leader at Waste Management, he was featured on the TV show Undercover Boss. But riding the back of a garbage truck was not unusual for him, and when we talked online recently, I asked him why he did it. Yes, Wayne, there were a lot of people that scratched their heads and tried to figure out you know, why uh, the president of a Fortune 200 company would go spend the day picking up trash working on the back of a garbage truck. Huh. I was actually doing that even before uh, many people may remember that I was the first undercover boss, uh, but I was actually doing that way before we did the Undercover Boss episode. Uh, it was something I learned from my dad. I grew up in the construction industry. Our family business was construction, and at a very early age, I was running crews and what have you. And my dad always impressed upon me how important it was to um, really let the front line, who is really the face to your customer, let them know how much you appreciate them, and find out the things that are getting in the way of them really serving the customer, uh, things that might frustrate them every day. Well, when I got to Waste Management, uh, it was a disaster. Many people may remember it. It was one of the largest blowups in corporate history at the mm -hmm. time. So think of Enron, WorldCom, that kind of thing. Yeah. I had nothing to do with the blowup. I, I was asked to come over to help turn the company around. Uh, after they had let go all the management team. And I didn't know very much about that business at all. Uh, I knew that if I put my trash and recycling out at the curb <laughs> on the designated days, it would disappear. Magically disappear. Huh? I, I was happy. Uh, so I, I, I was really, I've spent most of my career in the oil field. And so I didn't know a lot about the business and I knew that it was a mess. They had acquired, before I got there, it was a roll up. So they had acquired about a company a day for the year and a half before I got there. Wow! So something like over 1,200 companies around the world, they had not been put together very well, uh, all operating sort of, a lot of them operating independently. And so I wanted to go out and learn more about the business, but I also wanted to understand where the problems were, what needed to be fixed. And we, we didn't even have one operating model for the entire company. 
And so I knew we needed to, to develop that. So I would go out and I'd talk to drive, I'd meet with drivers before they went out on the route at, you know, four in the morning. And uh, at that time, I would talk about what was wrong with the company, what I, what I thought needed to be fixed. But I'd also impress upon them that I wanted to hear from them that I wanted their ideas as we built the new model to really run the company. And after we talk a little bit, then I'd pick a driver and I'd say, guess what? You're the lucky person, uh, you know, guy or gal, I'm going to be your helper today. And of course I'd go, Oh gosh, this is going to be a long day. Cause I bet this guy can't do anything. <laughs> He's going to uh, slow us down. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. And so I'd go out and I'd work with them all day and, what I've found in doing that was a, a number of things. First of all, most of the great ideas that we got to build the operating model that really serves as the basis, I think, even today, I've been away from waste management for quite some time, but I'm most of the leaders, in fact, even the CEO who's over there now is somebody I mentored mm -hmm. uh, while I was there. So I'm still in touch with them a lot. So I know some of the basics of what we put together back then are still in use today. And those came, those ideas came from the frontline uh, employees who were doing those tough jobs, who I, I would just ask them several simple questions. What causes you the most frustration in your job every day? And if, if I could eliminate that, what would it be? Number two, if there was one thing that you could change that you think would help us serve our customers either better or more efficiently, more effectively, what would that be? And I got some incredible ideas from them that, like I say, then served as the basis of, of the model. And the other thing that I discovered, Wayne, in doing that, it got around the company that, hey, our leader is actually coming out here and working with us and not just working but asking questions and then, you know, actually implementing a lot of this because then they'd see, okay, here's sure. what we're going to do next. Yeah, it inspires them, doesn't it? It inspires them. It gives trust. It, it builds trust throughout the organization. And they begin to see that, it, it, look, it's not about me as the leader. It's about us as the team. How do we all succeed together? And it just had an incredible impact on taking let's say 1200 different cultures because that's what it was in in becoming one waste management culture mm. where people truly cared about one another mm -hmm. well that's a great story larry and uh, by the way i have a two and a half year old grandson who never met a garbage truck he didn't like so uh, <laughs> you, right. you would be an inspiration to him <laughs> as well as to uh, the rest of us it's amazing uh when i'd go out on those routes a uh, lot of the kids would come out there and you know we'd stop and talk to them and, yeah uh, yeah when they blow their horn at the kids they love it yeah that's so, right well thanks that's for doing right. all that and of course that led to undercover boss and you tell that many of those stories in your book uh, you were the premier episode of undercover boss where you kind of were incognito they didn't know that time that you were the uh the head guy uh riding the truck with them they thought you were just an hourly worker huh that's correct what we told people um was that we had hired a new employee and this documentary film crew just wanted to film, uh, you know, what it was like for somebody their first day at work at Waste Management. Okay. So they knew the cameras were there. They just filmed. I had a different job every day. I think, I think they filmed for 12 days. So I had a different job every day for 12 days. 
the show. Then they picked four, and yeah. the show. Well, just, it, it uh, really launched that series. That series was a tremendous uh, boost uh, from your uh, premiere episode there. There's some very personal things I want to talk to you about, Larry, but just give me a thumbnail. I know you, you're retired now, but you, you, you uh, consult on business, but uh, you've had a, a, a very business career, haven't you? And then you went to seminary. Uh, tell me about that decision. Yeah, uh, God has blessed my career. I, I couldn't have charted a career like the one God gave me, and he clearly gave it to me. And as I look back now, it was all training to do what I'm doing now, which is ministry. I, I'm, I'm retired from business, meaning I, I don't go to work every day at a company, uh, but I work every day in ministry. That's what I'm doing. But uh, if, if, when you look back over my career, uh, it was so varied. I, I went through engineering, then I went to law school, practiced law for almost 10 years, doing business transactions, uh, decided that I like business better than law. So I went into the oil field, worked at Baker Hughes, which is the third largest oil service company in the world. Fortunately, the CEO there became my lifelong mentor until he passed away just a few years ago. He understood I wanted to get into business and out of law, and he helped uh, really train me to do that. Spent 10, almost 10 years at Baker Hughes, then uh, got recruited to Waste Management to help turn that company around. Spent 10 and a half years there and then uh, became an entrepreneur. And uh, when I retired from Waste Management, went back to the oil field and started an oil field service company from scratch, which is I was employee number one, and it's now a public company today. Uh, and after that, uh, I, I really wasn't looking to retire from business early, but our, my daughter, who I'm sure we'll talk about here in, in, a, in a minute, mm -hmm. but she had some more really severe problems, actually got a hole in her heart and got down to about 75 pounds. She's 35 years old now, and uh, we thought she was probably going to die. So I stepped down as CEO and uh, to take help my wife care for her through her heart surgery and in hopefully recovery, which she did. She recovered from that. But, um, and, and when she did recover, I just sort of said, okay, God, what's up? I mean, uh, you know. You were a follower of Christ. You've, you'd been a Christian for a while. Yes. Uh, ever since I was in seventh grade. Okay. I, I said, what's up? And God put on my heart, I want you to go to seminary. So I went to Dallas Theological Seminary for three and a half years. and Yeah, you didn't, you didn't take the short course, did you? I mean, you, didn't, uh, you did the well, full term. Well, I, I didn't take the, the, the hardest courses either. I was kind of <laughs> uh, down the middle. <laughs> okay. But the training I got from there was just, I'm really utilizing all the training that God put me through, both personal as well as uh, my business career, to just help others. That's really what I'm trying to do now. We'll continue talking with Larry O'Donnell, the author of Management Waste, coming up on First Person. Stay with us. And there are so many stories of God at work through the Far East Broadcasting Company. We just had to find a way to tell more. Well, you know, Wayne, hearing all these testimonies has absolutely changed my life. And I want to use a podcast to be able to go deeper with some of the real stories that I get to see as the gospel's going out all around the world. And these stories will change your life, too. So listen to the new weekly podcast until all have heard from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Or go to febc.org. My guest is Larry O'Donnell, who is the... Uh, former CEO of several businesses, 
He's the author of Management Waste, Five Steps to Clean Up the Mess and Lead with Purpose. I hope we get a chance to talk about servant leadership here in a moment, Larry. And, of course, we'll put information about your book at our website, firstpersoninterview.com. But you mentioned your daughter. And I know when she was born and shortly after she was born, there was a seminal event that really changed your outlook, not just on business, but on life, didn't it? It really did. It was a real shipwreck for us. This was my wife and I. We've been married now almost 40 years. It was our first child. We were both so excited to have our first child. She was born totally normal. And when we got her home from the hospital, we noticed that after feeding, she would be really uh, distraught, uncomfortable. And my wife uh, talked to her mom about that. And her mom said, look, it's probably the same thing that was wrong with you. She's probably just intolerant to lactose. Mm. Put her on a soy formula and I bet she'll be fine. Well, sure enough, she was fine. We did that. Everything was fine. When we went in for the two-month checkup with our pediatrician, he said, yeah, that's got to be what it is, but let's just make sure I'm going to send you down to the medical center uh, downtown in Houston and let's have some test run and just make sure there's nothing else going on. Well, unfortunately, when we went down there, we got with a doctor who had never done this test on a little two-month-old, and he used an adult instrument Mm. that put a lot of air into her stomach and caused her to throw up and aspirate. Long story short, she was without oxygen for an extended period of time. She was in intensive care for about four months, and they eventually came to us and said, uh, she's probably not going to make it to the end of the week. Why don't you take her home? She'll be more comfortable just passing away at home. So we took her home, made funeral arrangements, and we were devastated. Mm. I mean, that was the worst thing I've ever been through in my life. I I was a Christian at the time. I I had faith, and I prayed every day that, God, I know you have the power to heal her and and to fix this. But I was angry at God. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I didn't understand why this would happen to us. I, I was going through this thing saying, God, um, look, you got the wrong guy. I mean, I read my Bible every day. I lead Bible studies. I go to church every week. You know, I had my whole list, my resume of look at all I do. You know, <laughs> look at all I do, all my works. Uh, this isn't fair. You've got the wrong guy. And eventually my anger started turning into guilt Mm. because then I started thinking, I must have done something. There's some sin in my life that I've done, and this is the consequence of it. I don't know what I did, uh, and I just had this terrible guilt feeling about it. And one morning I was reading in my Bible, uh, I I was studying the Gospel of John, and I came to uh, chapter 9. And there's a story there where Jesus is walking with uh, several of the disciples and they come upon a blind man and the disciples ask Jesus, who caused this man's blindness? He had been blind from birth. Was it his sin or the sin of his parents? And I said, that's my question. This is great. Here's my question. Okay, so what's the answer? And Jesus says it was not because of this man's sin or the sin of his parents. It was so that the works of God could be shown through this man. And I felt this huge weight lift off my heart that all of a sudden I realized that it wasn't about me and it wasn't about my plan for my daughter, that God had a different plan for my daughter. And look, I'm one of these type A driven you know, get her done kind of people. 
And I became, I, I began to realize that I had been so focused on myself. Uh, empathy wasn't even a tool I could have found in my toolbox. While I thought I was living my life out as a Christian, I was really self-absorbed, um, focused on my career, you know, me, 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 what do I got to do to get ahead? Uh, I mean, I wanted to care for my family, but I realized that I had been totally focused on myself and my plan rather than God and God's plan. So this and changed you as a leader, didn't it? Changed me as a person, as a Christian, as a leader. I, I, it, it had God took this terrible tragedy and used it in such a positive way in my life. And I can tell you the impact my daughter has had on so many other people. She's one of the happiest people you've ever met. Mm -hmm. She's very positive, loving. Um, and I've seen when I see the way she interacts, even with her special needs friends, it's like I'm the one with the handicaps, <laughs> not not her or not her and her friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and God used that to teach me empathy, to teach me how important and precious life truly is, and that it's all about everyone else. I need to place everyone else ahead of myself. I I'm not going to tell you I've mastered it. I I don't get me wrong. I don't have this all perfectly figured out. But what I have seen is when I put this into practice, it's a game changer. Um in all my relationships, not just at work, but family, friends, you know, spouse. Yeah. And that's a transferable concept to any of us, regardless of what we do in life. So that, that's why I appreciate you telling this story so much. I love to hear these stories of life change. And you had a powerful moment there with your daughter. Let's talk about servant leadership. There's a, there's a lot of bantering around about servant leadership, but you really define it. You, you really get into the nitty-gritty of what it's all about. And uh, we've got a couple of minutes to talk about that here. And you use an acronym, CLEAN. What is, what is CLEAN? <laughs> you know, going back to your waste management days, right? <laughs> I've got to keep things simple so that I can remember them. Okay. And so as I studied servant leadership and I saw that Jesus came, here's God, all-powerful God and King. And he comes, it becomes man, it comes to earth, lives a perfect life. And what does he say? He says, he came to serve, not to be served. Well, that really resonated with me. You know, as I was trying to sort out what God was trying to teach me through Lindley's uh, situation, and I started studying the Bible, and believe it or not, there's a lot in the Bible yeah. about servant leadership. Right. There's a whole lot in there. And I started looking at that and reading books on ser servant leadership, and I had to narrow it down to the things that really resonated with me. And I came up with CLEAN. And it stands for commitment, listening, empathy, accountability, and notice. Okay, five things. Five things. And what I found is when I can put those five things into practice, it changes everything. Okay. It, to me, it has led to some of the most highest performing teams that I've ever been on at work. Um, I've found that even in my relationships uh, with my wife, with my family, with friends, when I can put those five principles into practice, they're game changers. Hmm. Uh, who would you rather work for? Would you rather work for a leader that is using you to get themselves ahead? Or would you 
which is the typical leadership model, by the yeah, way. Yeah. It's what I call top-down leadership. Yeah. In politics and in business. Absolutely. I mean, that is the prevalent model that we see today that, you know, I worked hard. I got here. Now I'm the leader. You're here to serve me. As long as you do what I need you to do to elevate me, we're good. Jesus actually even talks about that um, in, in Matthew 20, uh, I think it's verses 25 through 28, where Jesus says, that is not the leadership model that I want you to use. He wants us to serve others first. That's what we need to do. So the servant leadership model is at the opposite end of the spectrum from the typical top-down leadership model that we see today. And so as I studied that and tried to figure out, okay, now how am I going to put this into practice? That's where I boiled it down to these five uh, principles. There are a lot of other principles that are out there about servant leadership, but these five really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I just found that they they actually work very well together. You know, when you're committed to your team and you're placing their needs ahead of your own and you're, you're trying to figure out how to help them excel and progress in their own career, uh, that's a game changer. The listening is not just being quiet. Um, it's actually listening and getting to know people on a personal, more deep relationship. And with empathy as well. And empathy fits right in with that because empathy is all about understanding uh, how people feel about things. Uh, It's trying to place yourself where you understand how they're feeling in such a way that it's like you're feeling it at the same time. That's what empathy is all about. I I didn't have that ever before, this shipwreck, and I, I, I still haven't mastered it, but I have seen Empathy is the magic that actually makes all this stuff work. Mm. Um, and then, you know, accountability, I talk about that in the book. It's everything from pouring your life into somebody else, you know, helping them through whatever struggles they're going through. And actually, the things that you've learned, you can help share and help others, not only grow in their career, but grow in their faith. Um, and then notice is the last one, which is really just, there's two aspects of it. It's noticing others. So when they do a good job, letting them know how much you appreciate them, noticing them when they may be going through a struggle, how you might be able to help them. But then there's another aspect of it, and it's noticing yourself. And what that means is just becoming more self-aware of how you come across to others. You know, most of us sort of have this view of ourselves that, you know, we're great and everybody else has a problem. <laughs> and we don't really think about how we truly come across to others. And I, I spent some time in the book talking about some of the tools that I used to help develop my own self-awareness. The book that Larry mentioned is titled Management Waste, Five Steps to Clean Up the Mess and Lead with Purpose. You'll find a link to the book at firstpersoninterview.com. Our guest has been business leader Larry O'Donnell, who is in full-time ministry now, leading men and women around the world. The interview you've just heard, as well as a whole audio library of interviews, is made possible through the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC celebrates people everywhere who are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Every day, nearly 900 broadcasters in almost 50 countries open microphones and tell listeners of God's love and offer salvation. To listen to FEBC stories, look for the podcast Until All Have Heard on many podcast platforms or febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. 